Welcome to the Going Rogue podcast, where we share the experiences of students and healthcare professionals, shedding light on mind, body, and spirit wellness mentality. Now, your host of the Going Rogue podcast, Monica Nazampur, Carlos Arula, and Nadia Shalwani. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Going Rogue podcast. This is episode one, so what we're going to do today is introduce all of our hosts and the professionals that are going to be talking to you guys and bringing you guys value behind the healthcare field and the wellness field. So to start with, what we are going to do is introduce Dr. Monica Nazanpour. Hello. <laughs> That's about right. That's about right. <laughs> so, Dr. Monica, tell us about where you're from, your background in the health uh, healthcare field, and what Going Rogue means to you, and what you are going to bring to this platform for everybody. Well, <laughs> that's a loaded question. That was a very long question. Makes me stressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I'm Monica Nazampour. And born and raised Dallas, Texas, you know, I currently live in Frisco. I am a pharmacist. I am a PharmD. So basically, I'm a doctor of pharmacy. Um, I went to pharmacy school out in Tennessee for three years, accelerated program. Oh, you didn't know that? Um, (laughs) What? I'm mind blown. Accelerated program. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have like summers, which I didn't really care about. Um, And then I got licensed in 2016. And then here we are today. (laughs) Um, So basically what going rogue means to me is um, just providing resources for, you know, listeners and or like students or anybody out there who feels like there isn't any other like possibility or other options that they can they can have in their life. Um, Healthcare aside or even outside healthcare, you know. There are so many things that you can do. There's so many resources and education available, readily available to you that um, you just need to be taught or, you know, know how to use it. And that's kind of what we're here today about. Basically, for me, like, I had to learn on my own or I had help, you know, maybe like from family members or whatever. But for myself, what matched me, what matched my personality or what matched my goals is I had to kind of go around like the bumpy road of success, air quotes in a way, to match, like, what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, I used to be a director of pharmacy in a hospital. Um, I was miserable throughout the entire time. Even though I paid good money, like, I just did not vibe well with, like, administration. So that was really annoying. You know, I'm a baby director. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I didn't really have, like, somebody to, like, help me, like, guide my guide me along the way of, like, the intricacies of the political climate in the hospital. Like, it's fucking vicious. Yeah, and you had to experience it yourself and at the yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. So with you, when you hopped in into this field, what's one thing that was such a blur to you coming into the real real world versus school that you want to make sure that we talk about? I mean, honestly, like, it, it was, like, just, like, making connections in a sense. Okay. You know, I'm a, yeah, like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like in my regular life <laughs> outside of work, like, you know, I, I can make a connection and whatnot with, and you know, 
somebody if I wanted to, but in work, it's a whole different situation. Like it's stressful. You're thinking about patients. You're trying to like, you know, make sure you're not fucking up or someone else isn't messing up like in your work, work environment. Cause you'll be initially responsible for that person. Cause you're supposed to be a leader. Mm-hmm. You have that type of um, responsibility, not on yourself, but in your entire department. Mm-hmm. So me trying to navigate through that and being a young female pharmacist, you know, I had a lot of backlash, especially the heavy female administration, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of crazy because I thought, you know, we're like, yeah, girl power. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, sisters, like, let's fucking do this. But no, like, they hated me. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to keep pushing back the best way I could. But nah, like, so... I basically took another gig at a long-term care pharmacy as a, you know, pharmacist in charge, which was a really big leap for me. Unfortunately, I, I don't know. Maybe it's me. But like, the administration <laughs> and I didn't hit it off again. But that was on a different situation. They were asking me to do, like, illegal stuff. And- but just imagine if it's – you say it's just you, but just imagine how many other female um, – Female, yeah. doc, you know, farm D's are probably dealing with the same thing, but not only just females, but anyone in this profession. Yeah. You, I, from being a health coach, I had no idea there's you know, retail and there's working with pharmacy, you know, behind yeah. uh, the screen only. And then yeah. there's corporate and there's, there's so many different aspects of being a pharmaceutical doctor or just being in that field. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, it'll definitely give yeah, there's, some insight. There's a <laughs> lot of like branches of the field that I didn't even know about. Mm -hmm. Um, During my time, like after I had left the long-term care pharmacy, there was a time in this, actually this summer where, you know, I was unemployed and it was a lot to deal with. (laughs) So so it didn't matter that I was a director of pharmacy. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter that I had experience and like, you know, I could talk to patients and I can definitely like bring shit to the table. Like the job market here... (laughs) The job market is brutal. Like, they don't care about you. Like, they don't care about you. So (laughs) for some, it was easier. For me, it wasn't. And there are some that do care about you, but that's why we're here, right? Like, we, you guys do care. You know, you guys are reaching out to students um, and making sure that they know where the hell they're going, giving them some direction and some clarity because that's what y'all essentially wanted back then. Right, right? exactly. Mm -hmm. Because in pharmacy school, they don't really teach you how to, like, Mm -hmm. make connections or Mm -hmm. how to, like, put yourself out there, Mm -hmm. like, in a way that helps you get a job or helps you kind of, like, explore the other routes. It decides residency, Mm -hmm. of course, but that's a rigorous situation to be in as a student Mm -hmm. for those who don't have the opportunity to be in a residency you know they have to start looking into the job market and unfortunately in a saturated market you know with our where we're at it's really hard for even senior pharmacists who would be laid off to find a position you know to just make that money um so I kind of feel like for us like to to bring it back around like I want I feel like we could help those or even provide you know some sort of knowledge to those that feel like they're stuck to feel like what the hell am I gonna do now like I've been doing this for x amount of years or I just got out of school like why can't I get a job Mm -hmm. you know something to bring to them to be like well okay like maybe you're in this situation right now but later on if you maybe look into other outlets resources 
you know, maybe even a side hustle that some people may haven't even thought about doing, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like get that light, you know, light yeah. bulb. <laughs> Sharing your own struggles definitely brings wisdom to yeah. so many. So struggle blessing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lifetime thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for explaining that. And I'm, I'm yeah. super excited about hearing your background. I know I, I've known you for a while now, but there's yeah. so much more that I don't know about your, you know, when you were in med school and getting through that school. or pharmacy school, sorry, yeah. getting through that. <laughs> it sounds like the same shit to me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, no. um, but yeah, that's, that's, in, that's incredible. Um, so we're definitely going to move on to the next pharmacist, uh, Dr. Arula. <laughs> hey. Uh, first off it's, um, DJ, yeah, let me let me let me say the proper, <laughs> the name. proper name. DJ Los, aka YMP, aka <laughs> Young Los, aka Doctor Irula. Nice. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> How are you? He's doing sitting up good. here, little shades up in here. Yeah. Um. So tell us about basically almost the same thing. You know, what kind of platform are you? you know, trying to build here with your background. You've been in the game for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, You're also volunteering and whatnot, so I definitely want to hear about that. And also kind of walk us through um, your experience. By the way, he's the one that came up with our name, Mm -hmm. Going Rogue. This fool's been going rogue forever. (laughs) So I'm excited to hear about how Going Rogue has benefited so many other people out there. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Yep, so my name is Carlos Irula. Um, originally, I'm from New Orleans. Um, I went to school in northern Louisiana at ULM, College of Pharmacy, or University of Louisiana at Monroe. Now I live in Dallas. Um, I'm a pharmacy manager at St. Vincent de Paul Pharmacy. It's a nonprofit pharmacy, but the reason or going rogue to me um, really hit home um, with my values, really. So. I aspire to make a living, not only make a living, but make a difference. So I didn't feel that I was doing that when I was at my previous job, when I worked in a big uh, big chain retail. Uh, I was a pharmacy manager for about two years. I've been in, in the pharmacy game for about five or six. Um, but I didn't feel like I was actually providing a service. I felt like I was mainly just a pill pusher. And mm-hmm. I didn't feel I was providing uh, patients with what we were taught to do in school. Um, and just with the market of how expensive medications are, I looked for a resource in, uh, in the city that maybe could be helpful for people. And then I found the position that I'm at now, which we're uh, a nonprofit pharmacy that gives medications for free uh, to low income and uninsured people. Um, but in a nutshell, for me, going rogue was pretty much the purpose of what I do now is not only make a living, but making a difference, whether it's in healthcare or just in general, um, giving people an outlet to talk about what they're going through and give them the resources to get ahead. Do you have you uh, been a mentor to anyone? Yeah, so um, I've been a mentor of when I was an undergrad. I mentored high school kids uh, at risk youth. Um, I just felt I grew up in the same type of environment. Um, I was blessed to have uh, a mom and stepdad that actually, you know, gave me wisdom, taught me discipline, and gave me a strong mindset to push through. And that came into effect, or Mm -hmm. that actually kind of blossomed when I became a pharmacist. And I didn't realize that that was going to happen, but 
I guess that's what happens when you plant a seed as a kid. Right. And I want to be able to plant that seed, you know, to kids um, now. So uh, that's just my paying it forward kind of deal. Yeah, because you're, you're very passionate about helping others in this field so much yep. so where you do some uh, keynotes or speeches with um, students right mm-hmm. and so so that's where your experience came from knowing that you know you had your support from your family and all that so you know that it's going to benefit the next person that didn't have that kind of support right yeah because right. um, I mean we came from uh, um, I'm a I'm Hispanic my family's from Honduras we I mean we were middle class but mm-hmm. um, being bilingual I I knew that I had a lot more to give mm-hmm. and I knew that I could help out a lot more people that don't speak English in this country, specifically in our area. The demographics that we have in Dallas um, fit what we're doing at the nonprofit sector. Uh, it's a huge market yeah. nationwide. It's huge, but for sure here it is. So I felt that I was going to be able to be um, an asset to a lot of people and um, I couldn't let that opportunity yeah, pass up. Absolutely. And what um, resonated with me was you said you you basically want to educate others about what you were taught in school versus what you've truly experienced. And I know we're going to elaborate with that with this entire podcast, mm-hmm. essentially, obviously. So if you can give us one prime example of the difference between what you were taught in school and what you're learning now that you want others to really hear uh, or educate themselves with, what is that one thing? I would say, I mean, I wouldn't really call it something that you learned in school, but it's just kind of like a, a mindset that a lot of us um, now have yeah. where you think you're going to be something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go to school to become a doctor. You go to school to become a, a nutritionist, a pharmacist, um, anything in the medical field or anything in general. Um, the thing that they don't teach you is how to get past certain hurdles that you don't expect coming. Mm-hmm. So how Monica, Monica said. said with mm-hmm. being a female manager and the politics that happens there, mm-hmm. or for myself, just the uh, inner struggle of knowing that somebody can't pay a $500 copay, but this medication will save their life. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kind of struggles and mm-hmm. hurdles mm-hmm. is what it makes me passionate and yeah. teaching others um, that you can surpass certain hurdles, but you just got to have the right resources. Right. That's so beautiful here from the both of you guys, because from my experience of my parents being in the hospital, you see a percentage that really give a shit, really mm-hmm. give a shit. And then there's a percentage. And the ones that do give a shit, they'll find you loopholes. They'll yeah. figure it out mm-hmm. for you guys. Because there's always a way. Just going, like, just, just take that extra step. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. That's exactly what it you is. Know, it's taking it's, that extra step. It's just, it's very it's simple. Just care. Yeah. 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 Just, that's all, that's all that fuck it is. Yeah. You actually, you, you just, guys give a shit. Yeah. yeah. One last question for the both of you, and we'll go from Carlos to Monica. Uh, what made you choose to become a pharmacist? Well, initially, um, so this is kind of a little deeper, but my uh, <laughs> my, actually, my dad, uh, my biological father was an alcoholic. Oh. And as a high school student, I thought what would be the way that I could fix them. So I chose pharmacy because I thought that there was a pill that you could do, that you could make to fix them. Uh, little that I know, there is something there that is. can help, but it's <laughs> but not. not like that, it, yeah. It's not like that, and I like didn't know mindset. about addiction. Yeah. And I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that. Yeah. But that's what that's shed what the light it. to pharmacy. Yeah. Um, and then, where we grew up, there was a lot of Hispanics, a lot of people from Honduras. And Kenner is the city that I grew up in, which is kind of like a suburb of New Orleans. Um, and I wanted to create a pharmacy where 
Latinos were would feel safe going there knowing that somebody, a pharmacist, was bilingual that you can kind of relate to. Yeah, because they, f- they feel like home, right? Yeah, and, and it doesn't have to be Latinos, but any any culture, yeah. um, you know, they just served. gravitate towards yeah. each other that mm-hmm. way, and they feel more comfortable telling Yeah, because they're on the same boat. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean like that. I had, I had to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. Oh, man. Um... I guess honestly, I didn't even, I, like. Did you do any mini money mo? Kind of, not really. I was like, <laughs> Rock, I don't paper, like. Scissors. I was like, I don't like this. No, <laughs> originally I wanted to be a lawyer because um, I can see that. Yeah, I can totally you know, see that. Everyone said that back in the day. My parents were like, Oh my god, you know, because when you're Iranian, I'm you know Iranian heritage. The joke is you're either a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Anything outside of that, you're a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously a joke. I mean, but obviously. it's real. But <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I just, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. I like to argue. But there's obviously more than that. There's like reading things. So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I told myself, like, well, if I really want to do it, let me, let me make myself read a deposition so like i read maybe like a paragraph and i was bored so nice. i was like okay well what's, i love that That's yeah it. i mean i was like well, okay what's the next step mm-hmm. um so my parents were like okay so you don't want to be a lawyer well okay medical field you know you want to be a doctor and i was like no i don't want to go to school that long which is like the the typical thing to say mm-hmm. At the time, pharmacy hadn't boomed yet. So I said, well, what about pharmacy? Like, why not that? And I was like, I can basically do everything a doctor supposedly can do aside from prescribing, but I have more of a control over medications. And medications in my family, it's just like they're everywhere in in my family. Everybody takes meds, you know, over there in Iran. Like, they think there's a medication that can cure everything. There's not. So when I was younger, like, you know, I would go through stuff with my grandma and, you know, just doing that. So I was like, oh, why don't I just do that? I'm used to it. So that's how it, that happened. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and it's I, not and as I can tell beautiful that, and deep as Carlos. No, and I think, I think it becomes deep at some point, right? When you well, put I yourself mean, in, that, yeah. in the field and the things that you've seen and experienced and the patients you've to, I know I come to you for everything with my clients. Well, I'm like, hey, I'm, so like this medication, <laughs> like what do you do with this? <laughs> and obviously, like when I was younger, like I, I was used to people, like I was that go-to girl. Like mm-hmm. I was that go-to friend, mm-hmm. like, hey, Monica, like this, like, you know, mm-hmm. we'll chat. And I did the same with my friends, but mm-hmm. I was also interested in medication. I thought like, oh, maybe I could work for Johnson & Johnson. You know, I was like, oh, this and that. But, you know, priorities change when you go through school. I also think it comes from, like, you being so, you're going to hate this, but being so nurturing <laughs> and so loving to the world. Like, you want to, you want to help. Yeah. You, you hide it in the shell. Sure. But you can, I see why you yeah, wanted mean, to do this. Uh, my closest friends who know me the mm-hmm. most and the best know that, yeah, I'm a nurturer. Yeah. I'll cook mm-hmm. for you. Like, if you're hungry, I'll still, I'll still make you eat. Like, yeah. you know, that's just like the typical yeah. Persian yeah. thing to do. So yeah. Which that care factor. Comes yeah. The too. care. Mm-hmm. You gotta care. Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's all, it all intertwines with the personality trait. So that's awesome. Well, thank you too for, you know, telling us your background and opening up mm-hmm. a little bit. We definitely will be getting into some more details and elaborate more about the background of, um, these two and uh, along with what they want to share with the you know the audience but also inviting guests in as well like students and um do you have any other guests that you want you're going to be bringing in or do we want to leave that as a surprise 
I mean, you know, we can talk, we can say it. So we were just talking about this before we like recording, but I work in a pharmacy where we uh, educate on CBD products. So it's not like the CBD stuff that if you go to a CBD shop and whatnot, like um, it's not like that. It's actual like CBD products that are made specifically for mm-hmm. it. And some more education on and how so, to yeah, go about it. More education. So I'll, yeah. um, I'll, we'll probably have like a guest yeah. speaker regarding that. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's incredible. We're going to take a short break and then we'll come back and I will talk about... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, welcome back to Going Rogue. Um, just a little uh, update and whatnot. Carlos and I, Monica, by the way, is Carlos and I, we just got interviewed by Nadia, and now we're switching the tables. So, Nadia. We're going to say it like that. <laughs> so, basically, you know, Nadia, tell us who you are, where are you from, what you do, what are you about? I wish I had a cool, uh, cool name like him, like AKA. I'm going to come up with Young something. Young Young Actually, I got that from uh, one of my technicians. He was like right out of high school. Oh, cute. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was when you were a DJ. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're definitely talking about that yes. one. Oh, and then we can talk about when Monica was a chef. I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Nadia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, what does going rogue mean to you? Where are you from? What you do? Tell us a little about yourself and your uh, nutritionist business. <laughs> well... First off, Monica, Dr. Monica was my client, so this is going to be great, because there's going to be some experiences that are going to be left anonymous, and half of it's probably you. It probably is, yeah. um, So I'm Nadia Shalwani. I am a health coach, a fitness uh, specialist, and a sports nutrition specialist, along with a nutritionist. All of this has just evolved from the beginning of when I first started off as a personal trainer. So I went to Texas Women's University, got my nutrition degree there. Became a clinical nutritionist, um, a dietetic technician was the word, called a diet tech, uh, for Baylor for a couple of years, and a few years. And then uh, from there, I went on working at a few different health clubs. But before that, I did step into this industry as a personal trainer. So I started at um, LA Fitness and jumped in from seeing my clients do well in the gym. You know, they see... Some results, but we saw better results when they were eating a lot better. Started seeing the correlations between nutrition and fitness just by working with clients. So I decided to go ahead and get my degree in nutrition at Texas Women's because UNT didn't offer that. So I went across the street and went to Texas Women's because they had it. I didn't know where else to go. And I was like, went rogue. Yeah, I went rogue. I'm like, okay. UNT doesn't offer this shit. Yeah. Where do I go? And I, I mean, I couldn't go out of country, uh, state or anything like that. That at that point, uh, financially wasn't doing so hot. So, you know, FAFSA will have my back. <laughs> Went to Texas. <laughs> Seriously, my sister had to pay for all my books. Like, Aww. man, I was working three, I don't know how many jobs I was working at the time man. trying to stay there. But made it out, made it out alive. But um, I did start as a personal trainer at uh, LA Fitness, and then I started working at the Texas Women's um, training facility, learned so much more there about bodybuilding and whatnot. So I decided to compete, did some bodybuilding. Um, if anyone's heard of NPC, I was a bikini competitor and, you know, doing that, I thought I knew everything about fitness and nutrition. I did not. 
So that was uh, that was a tough experience. I'm not gonna. I don't regret it at all. I think it's wonderful what I learned. I'm just. I'm so glad what I learned because there is so much out there with you know low carb diet, keto diets, um, high carb or uh, intermittent fasting, whatnot. Just putting myself out there in that world, I got to kind of see the world of what nutrition is is to everybody, right? It wasn't really a lifestyle for me at that moment. At that point, it was, I have to look a certain way, eat a certain way, and then I need to do this for my clients. So my coaching has evolved since then. So being a personal trainer and being a health coach now, is it's a whole new ball game. If you came to me first, I probably would have killed you the first session because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. But yes, it, it, did, it did evolve. So I went from being a personal trainer, uh, turned into a health coach because I knew there's a there was a correlation between nutrition and fitness. Got my degree in nutrition. That's when I was able to actually practice it. Got certified at Baylor and whatnot as a you know diabetic educator and um, heart healthy diets and all uh, sorts of that. And then um, just con- kind of combined those two together and then became a mindful coach. So we've added all that together. You know, you know, working with you, I'm sure you noticed that I was on your ass every goddamn day <laughs> because it's really not about well, here's a meal plan. Yeah. So let's let's elaborate on that yeah. a little bit. So what's, what's the name of your uh, coaching business? So it's Nadia's Nutrition. Okay. It's very simple. It's very My simple. Name. Very <laughs> awesome. And uh, basically... How would you describe, like, I mean, you basically did, you coached me, of course, Mm -hmm. you know, like personal training and nutrition. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference between you and all those, like, the fad diets out there was that you basically customized my meals and whatnot based on you, uh, me. (laughs) <laughs> basically yeah so you know I will answer the going rogue question now because I'm going to intertwine the two yeah. um for me going rogue in this industry is the biggest thing I've ever done and this is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now so I've worked with a few different well, uh, weight loss companies hormone companies um and then gyms and they will tell you almost the same shit like you have PCOS you have hormonal imbalances you have food sen- sensitivity or you just need to work out when really there's more to it, right? There's way more to it. And so all these gyms and weight loss companies will give you a script and they will give you exactly what they think you need to be taking. And then that's where all the nutrition supplements is being pushed on so many clients because of the fact that this gym is making money off of it. So I've worked, I'm not going to say too many names of what companies that have done that because it's not fair. But what I will say is a lot of companies are like that. What I noticed in this field was I wasn't making enough money because I wasn't pushing supplements on my clients. I didn't think they needed it. I think they needed meditation or I think they just needed to eat more or I think they just needed a better relationship with food or a better relationship with themselves. Um, So the mind and body is so aligned. And I've realized that, it, you know, working with so many clients, I feel like I've built my own case study in the past. I've been doing this for over a decade. And I've realized that that I have gone rogue at every place I've worked at, every place I've worked at. And I think that's why I was successful is because I did whatever I needed to do for my clients. And it, yeah, it, they tur- it turned out 80 to 90 hour weeks because I wasn't doing what they, they were told. And I can't go be like, hey, you need to pay me more because they didn't even know I was doing all that work right? And turn out to be like pro bono work, but I was putting all my hours in. But then that's what I realized. I mean, it obviously brought a lot of value, but um, in this industry, not that I wasn't listening to them. Of course, I was listening to them um, when it came, you know, they helped me bring, you know, bring clients to me, did some of the floor work, whatnot. But I, to me, going rogue just means don't think that there's only one path to anything, right? Like to weight loss, it's just like you said, it's a struggle. It's not never going to be a straight line. It's going to be a zigzag 
all the way through your journey. So for me, it's about not just going rogue with my field, but showing clients that they can go rogue as well, trying to get to where they want to be. Right, exactly. Good question. Um, When would you say was a turning point for you Um, from going from the traditional of how? It would be my experience. So that's a great question. And this is why I do what I do. If, if I'm doing anything and teaching anything, I know I've done it too, and that's why I preach it. So I, I definitely practice it. So I'm glad you asked. It's when I actually first started competing. I got into this industry because of a dark past as well. I, I just There was a lot going on at home that I could not um, handle or cope on, on my own. If I did, it'd be you know, substance abuse like alcohol. And my dad was an alcoholic, so I knew that, that was something that I had in my blood. And I didn't want that you know, taking over my life. So... I decided to go ahead and just go to the gym. It turned out to be therapy for me. Like, I couldn't afford a therapist or anything like that. So I ended up going to the gym. That turned into therapy for me, and that's when I started realizing nutrition was helping my performance. It was enhancing the way my strength was, my cardio endurance, my strength, you know, my muscle endurance and whatnot. So getting into the competing world, I realized this is such a big field to play on. And everyone is trying to hop onto like the hottest thing out there right now when they don't realize they need to hop into within themselves, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone is going through some shit and thinking this is not working. And they're coming to me saying, I've tried, I'll have them list all the diets they followed or all the programs they followed, which is crazy because why did you follow 10 or five? Why even five of them? It should have been something that lasted forever. Why are you having to struggle with this shit? You know, like you need to be able to live your life. So it was my, that, that's what I had to go through. I think for like 10 years, I struggled with um, a few d- different eating disorders, um, depression. I was in and out of hospitals for anxiety. Um, I, I had peptic ulcers because of my anxiety. Monica knows all about that. <laughs> She's been helping me through it. Yeah, so <laughs> basically my, in my own experience of almost not making it through, but using nutrition fitness to make it through is – what that that was my turning point nice yeah 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 so i have a just like a general question why do you think since nutrition to us seems so simple Mm -hmm. like you know eat health you know Mm -hmm. eat healthy air quotes whatnot Mm -hmm. why is that such a challenge for people why is that such a roadblock you know i mean this is like part of your platform in a sense like in a way you're changing the nutrition game Mm -hmm. along with you know personal training or you know working out why do you think those who they can't make that happen for themselves or why do you think it's such a mind you know mind block for them to just you know a mind take fuck? Care, yeah yeah to eat you know to take care of yeah. themselves I think that I think it's that's just it nutrition mm-hmm. right we think the word nutrition and we think healthy we eat clean, we think clean eating and then we think chicken and vegetables right but that's just how we were taught so just like you That's said, it's not put on us by the system. Exactly. By the system. Yeah. That fucking system that system. That's out there somewhere. That food pyramid. Yeah. Like the fuck that food pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone gets their own goddamn pyramid. Like Ex- seriously. Well, it's not exactly. So for me, it's not just nutrition. That's that's the point of it. It's we're thinking just nutrition. We're thinking just fitness. Me evolving as a coach and doing what I'm doing now, I'm like my, I know my company's name is Nadia's Nutrition. I'm actually contemplating on changing that because mm-hmm. it's not Nadia's Nutrition. It's coaching. Like, it's your life coaching. Like, let's figure out what are you dealing with in your life. Okay, my relationship with food sucks. I'm, you know, terrified of carbohydrates. Or when every time I eat, I feel guilty. That causes stress. That turns into hormone imbalances. So it's all tied in. Mm-hmm. All of it's tied in. So 
what I wanted to do and what I'm trying to do with all my clients and whoever is following me is basically teaching you guys that it's not nutrition. It's, it's you. Like, what do you want? What makes you happy? You know what I'm saying? So when we talk about nutrition, we think about diet. Diet doesn't mean being on a diet. Diet means what the fuck is your diet? Right. What is your diet? What do you like? What do you thrive on? Right? Everybody's body is so completely different, just like conditions, like all these diseases and whatnot. Not everyone's saying the same type of medication for these uh, diseases, right? They have a multiple different types of yeah. um uh, medications for that same one like yeah if it's cancer if it's diabetes whatnot condition, yeah. or condition whatever it is so it's the same with food right like food is medicine in my book and yeah. I feel as if if you're gonna try to follow I have clients saying you know what if you want me to eat kale I'll eat kale I'm like, <laughs> you don't have to like you really do. there's a million different things that God has blessed us with let's pick, figure something out that works best for you right you know what I'm saying and some people you know I did try keto I did drop weight no you just under eight and that's why you dropped weight and now you're lacking in nutrients and minerals and whatnot so I don't blame anyone. I just do believe we need to unlearn some things and then relearn some new things right and that's going to come from what it is that you need essentially right kind of going to the core of what your body is asking for exactly yeah so basically you are the embodiment of going rogue. <laughs> yeah, I, that's all I've been doing my whole life. So when he said it, when Carlos was like going rogue, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> Boom. I'm telling you. So when I vol- so when I volunteered with Carlos, and we were just like, you know, shooting the shit along with helping people. Um, <laughs> I like I made a joke. I was like, you know, can I like look something up and then like you know do this for that? I was like, but don't worry, like I won't go like super rogue. And then Carlos was, this is kind of a story how it all happened. Carlos is like, oh, like, that's okay. Like, I go rogue all the time. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't really ask for permission. I ask for forgiveness. And that's basically, you're like, I had to do that because nothing would happen with, mm-hmm. the, you know, with mm-hmm. the pharmacy in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have to make it work. Like, yeah. working with big brand companies, I was, I had a business within a business. So a lot of gyms, you only get paid commission, right? And you have to be there, put your face out there. You have to work the floor and find your own clients, but they don't really teach you like what to do with them. You know, they just teach you what's going to benefit them to make money in their pockets. Mm -hmm. So it becomes this thing where a lot of your hours are going to what they need from you and then what your clients need from you, which literally didn't make no sense to me. And I was getting paid like 10% of, and at the beginning, the money doesn't really matter, right? You still just you want to go out there and help people. But what you learn in school with nutrition is exactly what the FDA wants you to learn, right? And then when you get out of school, you're learning all this holistic shit that the FDA doesn't even talk about. And then you're like, wait, but all this works. Like, why aren't we, you know, scoping out everything else that's out there that's helping other people, like Ayurvedic teachings and whatnot. Yeah. There's just so much out there that can help. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, shitting on all these other diets. What I'm saying is maybe something with something about each diet if it came together it could be for somebody else right like there's so much education out there that we can pick and choose and use it for ourselves yeah so yeah (laughs) basically i mean that's basically what it is yeah (laughs) there's just so much shit out there and I, i definitely feel like all of us have learned from our struggles and our experiences and then we go back and look at everyone trying to get into this game and then we're like oh my god like you know tread carefully yeah yeah I kind of want to segue the conversation to kind of how we all inter- okay. like mm-hmm. met, you know, in a sense. Like, I mean, obviously me and you 
you know, we she made. slid through my DM. I nice. sure did. I literally did. I slid through this girl's DM. Instagram? Mm-hmm. With all these emojis that are not like her. I know. I, I was I was obviously being like <laughs> fake nice because I was like, I want her to like like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I slid through her DM to like, you know, obviously ask about her, you know, her business. And then from there, you know, I, you know, was stuck with her through her program, really helped me. And then like, Throughout our training sessions, it started to become more like um, like friendship type talks with professionalism, of course. And then there was like one moment, I don't even remember what the conversation was, but you were like, look, man, I really want to like make sure, you know, friends and professionalism are, you know, segregated. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. And so I like sent you like a meme. And, then, <laughs> and that's where it started. Yeah, and then you're like, you're like, all right, so basically like fuck that. We're just gonna be like friends. And yeah. I was like, okay. So now yeah, we've we've tried a few different business ventures with like, meal prepping and whatnot. Oh, but yeah. just I think that we do bounce a lot of ideas off each other. I do go to Monica for a lot of my clients' questions on, you know, if they're taking medications and why are some of these feeling the way they do? What are some side effects? What do you think? So yeah, yeah it's been a great help. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, you've helped me out as well. I mean, you still do. I trained with you yesterday. <laughs> so, but um, I kind of want to go into how I met Carlos. Yeah. And, yeah, man, <laughs> looking at you. So, <laughs> so it's actually funny because we became Facebook friends. You were just, like, being Facebook friends with everybody? Or <laughs> like, oh, was was it my business page? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it was your business page, the young neighborhood pharmacist your neighborhood pharmacist yeah yeah oh okay small plug yeah (laughs) (laughs) he's also a coffee plug um yes (laughs) anyway so i looked into it on linkedin and facebook and at the time i was unemployed and i just needed to get back out like into some sort of pharmacy environment and um i met up with him at um the pharmacy and super you know obviously super nice guy you know first right off that's what i do yeah i know (laughs) But um, he was needing some volunteer pharmacists. So I thought that was a really good opportunity for me to venture into that type of sector. Because honestly, the only volunteering I had done was in school, in a sense. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once you get out there in the job market, you're only thinking about make that money, you know, like Mm -hmm. working. So Mm -hmm. you don't really think about, you know, putting yourself out there for others and actually like growing as a person. It's crazy. So <laughs> you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, so that um, segues into why I was doing, I'm doing what I'm doing now. But yeah. um, I think a lot of us in every industry, um, many of us who come from a lower income background search for making money and money is going to bring happiness. And wow. I found out that it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I felt that I, I found that I, I found more joy by giving. Um, and at the end of the day, mm-hmm. whenever I go to sleep at night, I felt better. Mm-hmm. I felt more joy from giving no matter how much I was making. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to a job where I didn't feel like it was a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, meeting up with Monica, that actually helped out a lot because I started realizing that she wasn't the only pharmacist that was unemployed, obviously. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and it's crazy to see. Like, I started at the pharmacy April 2019, Um since I started as a pharmacy manager, I've seen about six or seven new grads and pharmacists that have been in the game for about three or four years that are unemployed, can't find a job. So we're now we're kind of using that platform to allow them to work, um, at, volunteer. <laughs> but uh, they 
kind of minimize that employment gap so then they could mm-hmm. actually put that on their resume yeah. hopefully get a job and the experience is going to help so much with getting a job right like i mean hopefully so yeah these companies really it does it just care, depends but. yeah yeah <laughs> so it just it honestly it just depends on like what route you want to take mm-hmm. like if you really want to go in that retail or that clinical route like they do look into that mm-hmm. um and even when i was interviewing for certain job positions and i was unemployed but i was volunteering at the pharmacy i told them i was a volunteer pharmacist mm-hmm. and they're like oh wow like oh okay i think it's good leverage i mean yeah. not only in pharmacy i mean it's like in uh, life uh, yeah just in life <laughs> yeah. just mm-hmm. showing mm-hmm. that you're not one dimensional like you actually care about people exactly yeah. and Where, it, what happened to that and <laughs> it's really crazy cuz where I, did the love go yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah anyways um <laughs> please please think <laughs> no, no, for no, us. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but it's actually crazy cuz the pharmacy um Carlos's nonprofit pharmacy, I didn't know like something like that existed, which Mm -hmm. is so crazy to think about because like I said, you get really caught up like, you know, like in a rat race or whatever. But once I started volunteering, like I not only did I feel I was like, wow, like, okay, cool. Like I'm doing this. I'm helping out as much as I could. But I also learned a lot from Carlos Mm -hmm. in that amount of time. And this is how we kind of started, too. Yeah, because like, you know, I would have never met him. Yeah, because that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Cause I think it was the meal prep stuff that oh you were talking God, about. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, and, yeah, and she gave me her card and said he's looking for a nutritionist for uh, the clinic and whatnot. And then we met up and we're like, oh, my God, we're totally doing podcasts. Well, yeah, because I was totes hyping up Nadia, which obviously is the truth. Like, yeah. you know, like she was a diabetes educator and whatnot. <clears throat> and then when Carlos and I, we were like chatting one day when I was uh, volunteering, he was like, yo, like, do you want to like, do like a podcast? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was in the middle of wanting to do one too. Yeah, and then he's the like stars aligned. Yeah. It, did. it sure did. And then we sat down and had a like a raw conversation. Every time we have a conversation we're like, oh, "We should record this." Yeah. Because yeah, there's just our conversations do. I mean, being a health coach and then you two being a pharmacist, I didn't think how that would work, but it's all intertwined. Well, it is because honestly, we're we we're supposed to be taught as mm-hmm. far as like lifestyle modifications yeah. when it comes to like yeah. you know like high blood pressure, diabetes, mm-hmm. cholesterol mm-hmm. is nutrition. Yeah. But the problem is, is like we were taught based on guidelines, like high blood pressure guidelines, like American Heart Association, whatever, and like those are valid. But at the same time, it's like there are some that it doesn't work for. Mm-hmm. So that's why, like you know. I've like hooked, well, didn't hook y'all up, but like you know, we all met up and whatnot, and like you gave like your platform. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yeah. so that's kind of how that happened. Yeah, and I'm really excited. I'm sorry, did you want to go ahead and say something? No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that I think the synergy with the way that we have um, our mindsets, because um, I mean, like she was saying, nutrition and pharmacy kind of do go not hand in hand, but it, it plays a big part in and it can in right? health. Mm-hmm. Um, but just being being in that mindset that you want to provide actual value to the patient um, or client, uh, I think that's what's mm-hmm. kind of sparked our our growth. Yeah, yeah. Because I noticed I was asking her a lot of questions, and I'm like, okay, well, obviously it's helping my clients. And then I thought about all the times that I've ever taken my dad to a doctor or a pharmacist that they would never be educated on why they're taking it. Yeah, like oh, it's just the pink pill. Well, what the fuck is a pink pill and why is it going in your body and why do you not know yeah. what can you match it with? Is there a drug nutrient interaction that you need to be aware of? And that's Nothing. The, and that's the thing. And like, that's what kind of sucks right now, especially, and I'm not like shitting on retail pharmacy. There's a lot of benefits, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> but like, 
I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had my friends like, you know, Nadia and others text me or call me asking me for a drug consultation on on a medication because a pharmacist at the pharmacy was too busy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shitting on them because we don't know if they're understaffed yeah. or, yeah. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, they are. That's, so, I've always noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. You see them stressed out. Yeah. They're doing a thousand things at once. They're mm-hmm. not being taken care of by mm-hmm. their employer because they're having expectations put on them to basically survive a days of work. I've had multiple pharmacists as clients in the past, yeah. you know, We're years. Psycho. And <laughs> I've, I've noticed that it's a high stress job. Which sucks because you want to be able to like kind of mindfully help everyone else. But if yeah. you can't help yourself, you know, I mean, you can't really do the job that you want to do because you're so high, high strung on getting shit done. Well, exactly. It's, mm-hmm. it's a common um, it's a common thing right now mm-hmm. or even in back in the day that as healthcare professionals like it's our job to take care of you, but yeah. we don't take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, I mean, even like a couple years ago personal self-care as a healthcare professional wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Now employers are starting to be more mindful in a sense to taking care of their um, employees and Mm -hmm. providing like Mm -hmm. a self-care type of day. Or if you want to take a mental health day, like do that. Yeah. Some do. (laughs) Some, yeah. You know, um, I know, right. Is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I, of course I wasn't, you know, a doctor or anything at the hospital, but it was a very high-stress job working for a hospital as a nutritionist. And I've noticed with all of the nutrition department that everyone was going back-to-back with uh, patients, back-to-back-to-back. Mm-hmm. To back to back. So they couldn't really give proper care. And if they needed to be – so the discharge time, you know, you want to learn about what to eat, what not when you get back home so that you're not coming back. You know, the freaking flyers always the ones that always said, I never learned. Like, I never learned anything at this discharge mm-hmm. class. Like, what was it? We got a sheet of paper. Right. It's more about the execution and whatnot. But again, you can't find that time and passion from somebody if they're not if that that healthcare professional is not even taking care of themselves. Like this industry as a a trainer and a coach, I you know, recently learned that there's a high percentage of coaches that are high stress and giving up their jobs because they are, are literally on the clock, and this was me too when I first started. I know you were there when I was going mm-hmm. through crazy migraines because all I was doing was taking care of my clients and not myself. I lost myself completely. So I had to pause my business for a while and, like, what the fuck am I doing? If I'm trying to teach everyone how to, you know, be mindful and to be able to do their best at work or at home and their relationships and whatnot, I should be able to do the same thing. But I mean, that's kind of, that's one of the things that we never learned in college either or no, in school. So, no, yeah. It's a good life lesson. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, well, I'm looking forward to hearing um, all the guests that you guys bring on and any guests we can bring on. But for the listeners um, that are tuned in, if you guys have any ideas or suggestions on uh, professionals that you guys would like to hear from us or bring in here as a guest, um, you know, to learn from, definitely email us at Monica, what was the email? Our email is rogue, so R-O-G-U-E podcast 20 at gmail.com. So feel free to send some suggestions or feedback or anything um, at that matter. And then we can definitely be able to kind of provide information on what you guys actually want to listen to. Yeah. You want to finish up with anything, Dr. Irula, a.k.a. what What was it? No. Uh, DJ Lowe's? DJ Lowe's. No, I think I'm, I'm excited to see um, us progress in, in the podcast and hopefully we make an impact. Uh, if not, we're having a good time doing it. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. (laughs) Till next time.
Thanks for listening to the Going Rogue Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast on all major platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and more.